Welcome to another episode of the X-Experts Divorce Etc. podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. And keep in mind, you can get X-Experts in your inbox by signing up for our newsletter, get the latest news and find out all about our events before anyone else, plus access special discounts and prices. Head to xexperts.com to subscribe. Today's podcast is all about healing from a relationship with a narcissist, whether the narcissist was a man or a woman. And we're welcoming back Ina Hansen from Live Your Life Coach. Um, we met her through a program of empowering women, and we've all kind of gravitated to each other. And from her own personal experience, she's made it her mission to pay it forward and help others heal from that type of toxic relationship. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me back a second time. We really appreciate it. And we felt like that conversation initially, I mean, we were laughing when we first came up with the title kind of, you know, narcissist versus asshole, but it really is such an important conversation to have because as we all acknowledge, people get divorced. There's so much anger and resentment and animosity. Everyone kind of walks around just throwing out these terms. He was a narcissist. She's crazy this and that, but I mean, it really could be like, maybe he's not as a narcissist, but maybe he's an asshole, but if, but being a narcissist is a very real and scary thing. And, and as you've experienced and explained to us the last time, there's specific things that people should be looking out for and things that, that they can do to move past it and live healthy lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So my first quick question before we really get into the healing um, is how do you really know they're a narcissist? Like define a narcissist for us, because like Jessica said, people are throwing around the word. I didn't even know what the word was. Mm-hmm. I knew that my marriage was what my marriage was, which was not good and how I was being treated, which was atrocious, but define narcissist. So people are very clear. This is a narcissist or an asshole I'm talking about. Yeah. So I define a narcissist as someone who lacks empathy as, and it could be, again, a man and a woman or a woman, right? But someone who lacks empathy, someone who doesn't show any compassion towards you, someone who is really stuck in like a childlike state who just, it's all about them. It's constantly about them and everything is self-serving around them. Um, so you can never receive feedback and you can never give feedback to someone who's a narcissist. You can never create resolution together. That's another, that's another great indication. Like if you come to your partner with something that's bothering you or on after an argument and, you know, they'll just brush it off and say, well, you, it's always you, you're the crazy one. You're the one that made me yell, right? Like there's no interest from their side as to let's solve this so we can move on as a couple so is there always a component of gaslighting and power and control with a narcissist like I'm sure that there's a a fine line and people can't really tell so I know that with abuse it's about power and control and certainly gaslighting is part of it um, when you really do become a victim whether you know it or not so are those other three other telltale signs yeah, for sure. But often when you're in it, just like you said, you don't know, right? You don't know these words. You don't know you're being gaslighted. You don't know that you're being controlled often until either you start 
to heal or recover, or you seek help from a therapist or something, and then you start to understand what those words means and you start to sort of put it together, right? So you don't know. So the, to really know, it's just about, it's really about listening to yourself and you've got, how do you feel when you're in this relationship, right? And often when time has passed, you're so in it because you trauma bonded that you don't know anything different. You've just normalized it, right? This is just your life. But yeah, you are being controlled and you are being belittled. And um, it just, it comes in just in so many forms. And what's so important to understand that what happened to you, it's not your fault. Like no one deserves to be abused, right? Like no one. And, and everyone's story is different, but what we all have in common is that we've been victimized. And it comes in so many forms. Like I mentioned, it could be physical, it could be, breaking or throwing things to scare you, like not at you exactly, but just around you to scare you. It could be mental belittling, like we talked about controlling, being super intimidating to you, or give you the silent treatments. Like that's another big sign of abuse, just ignoring you and not talking to you. Um, or financial abuse to really keep you stuck so you can't go anywhere. And often it could be a combination of like all of the above, right? And so all of that is abuse. and that is just so important to understand that that is abuse and you have experienced abuse. What's the benefit of knowing that your partner's a narcissist or not? Like it's really, is I know, I kind of know the answer for me. It, it made me feel like I wasn't crazy. Yeah. That there was like, it's almost like now I can put my finger on why yeah. it happened. It's like, you know, you have a cold and they can't give you anything. And it's like, can't you just call it strep and give me an antibiotic and call it a day? Yeah. So I, I, I kind of felt like in my healing, um, and let's start getting into that. I felt like, oh, now I, now it's making sense to me. That happened way before I started healing. I had to figure out how to get through my divorce without that power and control, like eating me alive. Yeah. So let's talk about that and and why it's important to know because do, does it really matter if he's a narcissist or an asshole and I think it does in terms of the way you heal from it but I'm curious what you think yeah I mean I would I think it's I'm going to get a little sciencey here because I think it's it's really important to understand that there is a psychological reason why it is so hard to leave when you're in a narcissistic toxic relationship right um, and it's, this might give someone who's listening like an aha moment by being like, oh, this is normal to feel this way, right? When you're in our narcissistic relationship. So what happens is we experience something called trauma bond. So we form a chemical bond to the person who abuses us and we become psychologically addicted to them. And we develop this extreme sympathy and affection for the abuser. So our brain releases our feel-good hormone called serotonin. When we're in that love bombing phase, right? When we receive all this attention from the narcissist and it becomes really addictive. It's like being high makes us feel good, worthy and loved. And then when we get discarded after, after, often after an argument or they leave us for a new supply, right? That happens too. Um, then we release our stress hormone cortisol and it, that just makes us feel unworthy and not good enough. So the amygdala that's in our brain which is responsible for keeping us really safe, enters this flight, fight and freeze and fawn response. 
So when we are living in this repeated cycle of abuse and we are like in this constant state of high alert over an extended period of time, it just greatly affects our nervous system. So we suffer from confusion, which we call gaslighting, right? So that, which means that the narcissist, he's like an expert at manipulating us, right? To get us to believe that we are the problem and that we are the crazy one. So we often feel depressed, we feel shame, we feel guilt, low self-esteem, self-affirming anxiety and stress. And in some cases that could lead to physical pain in our body and illness and, P and PTSD. That's really what happens in our bodies and we can't live with that, right? That's just terrible. So once someone acknowledges whether or not they, they really find out that they're ex-partner was the definition of a narcissist or not, as TH said, they know that they were not in a good relationship and maybe they're feeling some of the specific things that you've brought up. So what are sort of the first steps in terms of being able to move past it? Because you have had this trauma bond, you do have, you know, it's so deeply ingrained in you. And now you recognize like, okay, I need to get out of this. I'm going to be going through this divorce process, which may make the process significantly more difficult and challenging than yeah. if your spouse was not a narcissist. What can people do to be able to move on in a healthy way from that? Yeah. I mean, I recognizing that you did experience abuse is such an important step, like telling your story, release the shame of it, right? That makes it real. So it's no longer a secret. Like, I feel like when women do that, that's really the first step that they're ready to go down the path of recovery, right? Cause you're no longer holding it in. Um, and then, and you're just as hard as you know, cause I can imagine people out there thinking, oh my God, how am I gonna do this? This is gonna be really challenging. But just think of the consequences if we don't heal and process the trauma that we have been through, right? And narcissistic abuse is trauma. Like if we just move on and we hope time will heal, which it doesn't, like it affects our entire life and they remain stuck in our subconscious mind, in our body, in our nervous system. And we often keep attracting other toxic partners. So we keep self-abandoning and we never learn like what our root cause is, what it is that we have to heal within ourselves or how to self-regulate and fill ourselves up so we don't rely on external validation and keep finding these toxic people in our lives. So how can someone so do that? So uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, I know for me, I kind of stumbled into therapy for it because I went yeah. to a therapist with him to figure out how to tell our kids that we're getting a divorce. Yeah. I'm all about, and have always been about go to the expert yeah. and get the information regardless of what it is. Absolutely. So I went to her and she pulled me aside to tell me, you know, that, that she, uh, she sees that he's a narcissist and, um, and what that means for me. And it's like less about him and more about, okay, we've got work to do to get you through this. And I actually had a lot of trouble figuring out what I felt in by putting it in words. So I really did write a lot about like how he made me feel when we, um, you know, when he came to pick up the kids or when I got off the phone with him, I, I wrote down those words. Cause it's hard to figure out like how I felt yesterday and you know, cause you've been feeling that way for so long, like whatever, this is what my relationship with him is like, you know, this is, I feel like shit, yeah. but to really like heal, 
she would say, whenever you have an interaction with him or he's texting you or whatever connection reach out he's doing, write down the way you feel right then. And then we could use that as a starting point because otherwise I was like, I don't know. So was everything that you wrote down was always just a negative reaction? Yeah, but it helped her figure out what the triggers were for me. And ultimately it took a few years, but I was able to identify um, most of what was coming at me as noise and to just find the fact and not even let the other words in. Mm. And it it took a long time to do that because everything was, was let in. And then I would go to the gym for three hours and all I would do is push it aside. And then it would just like grow like a monster inside of me because I wasn't actually dealing with it and I actually remember I was going to the gym so much and I was jumping rope that was like my thing at the time that I had stress fractures in my feet I'm a little extreme sometimes so anyway my trainer took my jump rope away from me and kicked me out of the gym and then I went to the therapist I'm like you know I hurt my feet whatever she goes great so now can we work on you Mm -hmm. like you can't go to the gym you can't even really walk yeah. So right. are you ready now? Like right. you beat right. up your body on the outside and the inside. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so like really what are the first steps? I mean, that's what, that's ultimately what, what worked for me was writing down so that I could see like on the paper, holy shit, this is like really happening. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's, that's a beautiful way to do it. And for everyone, it looks different, right? Like I, writing writing for me was really big too i remember my therapist said to me in the beginning like but what is this anger doing for you like how is it helping you and i literally wrote down 40 pages in my journal as to what being angry at my narcissistic ex was doing to me like it wasn't helping me right so writing down is a great way to first of all see it on paper so you can either show it to your therapist or your coach or whoever it is that you find that is a great match, right? That you feel truly understands you, that you feel you really click with and can help you. Some people choose to heal on their own. Like I did that. I did a lot of research while we're still living in the same house as the narcissist. Like I just wanted to feel better. Like I didn't know how it was gonna get out of my marriage. I had no idea. I just knew it was gonna happen one day, but by me doing it, I found programs that worked for me. I just studied the heck out of it. I became a narcissistic specialist. And so I understood that I really just, I had to learn to build my self-esteem and you can do that. It sounds like you did a great job of that too, by even if you're still living it with this person, right? In the relationship, build your self-esteem. Um, so you can learn to detach from this person, right? And not take everything in and not take everything in so personally. And boundaries are so important, right? Narcissists don't like boundaries, but once you start doing that, they, again, lose interest in what it is that you really have to say or do, right? So. If you're enjoying our Divorce Etc. podcast, be sure and subscribe to our newsletter to get ex-experts in your inbox. It's free and includes tips from real life experts who've been through it, telling you what they wish they knew. You'll also hear about our upcoming episodes and Q&As with our experts. Plus, you'll find out about our upcoming events before anyone else and get access to discounts and preferred pricing. You can sign up at www.exexperts.com. So give an example of setting up a boundary. So you give us a situation. 
So let's say you're still living in the same house, right? And your narcissist comes storming in the door and, you know, explodes over something that happened that usually has nothing to do with you, but they bring it all up for you, but they turn it around and twist it um, to make it seem like it's your fault. You made, you made me explode because of what you said last night. So a boundary would be, don't, I don't, you can't talk to me like that. I am not listening to that. And then literally leave the room. Like you're never going to win an argument with a narcissist. You're never get him, going to get him or her to say, I'm sorry, let's talk about this. But you literally just, and the fewer words, the better. You're not going to talk to me like that. And then you walk away. You remove yourself from the situation. I feel like all of the um, these tips are so important. It's obviously progress and work that people have to do. I mean, is it realistic that many people will be able to do this without therapy or without help in some way? I, I don't know. It seems scary. It seems scary because there you don't know where to start, right? right. And and it's so to have our therapist, to have a coach, to have someone that specializes in this and, you know, everyone, a lot of people have a program or they have a protocol that they follow, right? Or they have something that say, this is what helped me, or this is what that have helped many of my clients. So if you find someone that you can identify with and you really fully trust, the trust is so important, right? And, and just, you start small because it can seem so intimidating that we are like, oh, forget it. Like, I'm not going to do this, right? Because it's just, it's, it's, it's something I just can't do. Like, where am I even going to start, right? But you can, you can start and you have to also, just little steps at a time, just like TJ was saying, write things down, for instance, if that's what works for you, right? Research how to heal from narcissistic abuse. Find someone that you relate to, let's say. Find a therapist that, um, understands narcissism right and really take the focus off the person that is abusing you and onto yourself you so and you've done a lot of this work and then you said you you have a program that you've created to help people get through this so what are some of the things that your program offers people in order to be able to move on from this yeah so what i found is i i really needed a somatic tool as well because what happens when you experience trauma like it really goes into your subconscious mind so talking about it right can be great talk therapy can be great so what i do is i use an integration of somatic therapy called eft and i also use coaching so it's just really a way to eft like really helps rewire the rewire your brain and lowers your cortisol it releases anxiety and then it regulates the nervous system because our nervous system is shot after going through all this abuse, right? So we can really access what's in our body because often we have no idea what's hiding in there, right? It could be so far in there from our childhood, from past experiences, past relationships. So once we're able to, re to really access it, then we can really release it afterwards. So I have found that a combination of talk and also using a body therapy at the same time is just so powerful in order to get through all the different stages of, of healing enabled. And I call it to recover, rediscover and reclaim yourself. I feel like that's really, cause you feel so just, most of us just feel so lost afterwards, right? And it's like, what do we do? So what do you think about all of these um, support groups you know they call themselves that especially on facebook um i've joined almost every divorce group on facebook mm -hmm. so i can find the ones that 
are not toxic. Yeah. Um, I would say another piece of advice to people is what not to do, yeah. which is don't engage in conversation that's focused on the toxicity and has negative energy in it. Because yeah. all that's going to do is fuel all the shit that's, it, it's just going to have you running around in circles, I think. Yeah. So I, I just feel like those are not ones that I would recommend to people. Yeah. Um, but there are other support groups that are free resources. Do you offer some kind of a support program like that? And what do you think of these, you know, for people who have, you know, limited budget and, you know, therapy is not always covered by insurance and it's only once a week. Like maybe you need to talk to people who get it yeah. like every day. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. The, a lot of the Facebook groups, even though they have moderators on it, right? And they say we are anything negative, anything that's too, right? That that screenshots of what you ex have sent you, for instance, like comments like that, what that does, it, it's, even though it's not your story, it pulls you back into that victim mentality, right? And it keeps you stuck and it keeps you thinking. It keep like, no, like you can't do that, right? Like it's, you've got to get away from that. So those support groups, um, it's, it's just, it, for me, I found them just not to be helpful. It was just, it was too much, too much blah, blah. It was too much noise. It was too much repeatedness over and over and toxicity over and over again. I wanted to, not that I wanted to ignore it, but I wanted to put that behind me and I wanted to focus on me, how I could empower myself and move on from this and create, you know, strong boundaries. And there are like, there's a lot of meetup groups that I'm actually working on creating sort of like a meetup um, a couple times a month, even for women that have experienced narcissistic abuse, for everyone to be able to tell their story. I sort of want to build it up like Al-Anon in the sense that everyone gets four minutes just to talk about your story, to get it out. But there's no feedback from other people, because I think that's what can also be, we all mean well, right? We all want to share our stories, but often you can sort of take on the other person's story or give them advice that they really don't need, or it makes it worse. So they go, oh my God, that happened to me too. And you know what he did for me to me in court? This is what he did and he took my kids away. And so when you're hearing all of that, it just makes you freeze even more, right? right. So like I mentioned, the first step is just in terms of healing is just to, to tell your story to a group of people or just one person who believes you right? That you trust and who believes you and who will listen to you and just, and sit with you. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to have the advice or have the resources that you need, but just to be able to share what it is that you have been through is just such an important part of healing. So that's really important to do. We, we feel super strongly about that. Obviously, you know, even with everything that we're doing through X experts to be able to give people a platform to hear other people's stories and be able to relate to it and know that there are other people that have gone through very similar situations, even if it's not exactly the same and, and they've made it through and therefore it is humanly possible to do with the right kind of support and the right kind of resources. So, um, so thank you for, creating what you've created to be able to offer people, you know, a way out to be able to find how they can be, you know, their strongest self um, and be able to move on in a productive way. Because it, it certainly sounds like when it comes to this type of stuff, being able to 
um, I don't want to use the word commiserate because it has such a negative connotation, but to be able to, you know, discuss your stories and, and be able to hear those things from other people just builds the community even stronger. Um, and I think it's helpful for everyone. So I appreciate Yeah, and that. also just to be validated, right? To have exactly. Someone, to have someone go, yeah, you're not crazy. This is, it's normal that you feel this way and you feel this way because your body has been through X, Y, and Z, right? And, right. And, you know, and I, on my website too, it will, it's called a discovery call. And, you know, I offer that to anybody, right? Like, I would love to talk to you for 30 minutes. Um, and sometimes it goes over, right? Just to really connect with somebody. Sometimes you just need someone to connect with, right? Totally. That, that can understand has been through it. And that's really what I do is just to listen and to connect and, and see if there's anything I can help these women that has been through what I have been through. So yeah, I really get that. I would also say that um, this is really, I mean, certainly a nar- being in a relationship with a narcissist is, is among the most extreme because, or any form of abusive relationship is very extreme. Mm-hmm. But the tips that um, Ina has, has mentioned in this podcast really relate to any kind of breakup where you're kind of stuck and in a bad place. And I would say the hardest thing that I, the biggest thing that I struggled with was being kind to myself Mm. through the healing process. Like, Mm. why isn't this going fast enough? Why aren't I feeling better? Why Mm. do I, where the go, 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 let's go, go, go. Like it doesn't totally doesn't work like that. And that's very difficult for me. Who's a go, go, go girl. Just slow the fuck down and rest and maybe take a nap and like, do self-care like it it's so important so you'll go and you'll join groups and stuff but stuff that you can do for yourself for free like be kind to yourself forgive yourself you're not perfect no one's perfect and it definitely takes time this is not an overnight thing people that's that's the important thing it's almost like if someone's losing weight and you're like looking in the mirror every day and you're like i i haven't you know i haven't lost any like nothing looks different i look exactly the same but the thing is that where you are on one day versus where you might be a month later on the daily basis, you may not feel like it's significant changes, but it's noticing the differences from one place to another. So there's not a happening. commercial. There's a great commercial with this guy at the gym. He's got like his headphones on. He's got his water bottle. He's like in his gear. He walks into the gym. He runs around. Oh, he gets on the scale. Then he runs around the track like super fast. He's out of breath. He gets back on the scale. He's like, fuck this. Leaves right. the gym. <laughs> like, it's not so going to manage your expectations. Right. Right. It's, uh, it's so funny. Uh, I wish I remember whose ad that was, but it's resonated for a long time. But and it's I true. It. I'm like, I haven't lost weight yet. I just ran around the track. Right. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up, TH, because being that's part of, of the what I go through as well with my program. It's just learn to be kind to yourself because when you're in an abusive relationship, you're not kind to yourself. You lose all track of that, right? So how do you get back to being kind to yourself? How do you take care of yourself? Listen to your body, right? Eat good foods, foods that are good for you, rest, take care of yourself, like learn to figure out what it is that you really want. Like there's so many stages to recovering, but that is such a big part of it, right? It's almost like you have to put yourself back, the little pieces. And the person that you're going to be afterwards is not the same person that you were before right. you got Hallelujah. into it. And hallelujah for that, because often that's, that's I mean, that's even better because when you have healed, you have healed all this stuff 
that you didn't even know you had, right? <laughs> if you do the whole healing process from your childhood, from your experiences, and you get to understand why you were attracted to this person that treated you that way, right? And you didn't know any better at all at the time when you were in it, right? So be, be compassionate with yourself, like I said, but now when you know better, it is your responsibility to heal that, right? To get yourself better, to break that generational trauma that has been in your family, right? And you can heal, you can live. I mean, you and I are an example of it, right? And and um, if you don't mind, I found this quote that just I live by, and I think a lot of women could probably relate to that, and men. So I don't know who wrote it, but it says, you can be healing and feel broken at the same time. Healing isn't a destination we reach where we're perfect and at peace all the time. Healing is a journey that involves accepting and embracing ourselves as we break, as we heal, and as we reconstruct. Yeah. I love really it. Meaningful. True. Yeah, totally. So, well, thank you again, Ina, so much for, for the first part of narcissist versus asshole. And then the, the, you know, very important part of being able to um, move past it and healing and, um, and move on with better lives. So uh, for everybody listening there, of course, on our site is an ex experts page with all of Ina's information and um, links to the course. You can find out more about that and feel free to reach out. Thank you so Thank much you. and for having this really important talk. Thank you. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all who would benefit from what we've talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe, rate, and review our Divorce Etc. podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media, at X-Experts, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also find so much more, including articles and even the podcast transcripts on our website at www.exexperts.com. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter now. When you get X-Experts in your inbox, you're the first to hear about all of our happenings at events, plus access special discounts and prices. Thanks for listening.